is understanding the physiological need of nutrition and, you know, what are we getting from nutrients and calories and all of that stuff. And then there's the second issue, which is not as easy to change, and that's behavior change. Welcome to the Fitfiliate Podcast. Oh, welcome back to the next episode of the Fitfiliate Podcast, joined by my ever faithful cohort, Tony. But today, super excited to welcome back for a repeat performance, EC. How are you, my friend? I'm awesome. How are you doing? Really, really well. For those not familiar, EC is the spearhead of the 800 gram challenge, lazy macros, um, all sorts of wizardry in the nutrition coaching space, uh, head of Optimize Me Nutrition and creator of great content as well on social, some of the most entertaining content you'll probably see around nutrition. <laughs> I think that's Entertain. a stretch, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, it always entertains me. Maybe it's oh, just good. me. Good. My favorite one to troll over ice cream usually because that's mm. usually it's usually a comment or two about the EC trying to take away my that's right my, my addictions <laughs> to ice cream. We really just could just sum her up as the people's champ because I think that everybody loves EC. So maybe I'm just biased. So oh, as a northeasterner, yeah. Well, thank you so good. much. Oh, you're welcome. I think we're was she the first guest that we brought on? I feel like you were one of the first few Ooh. people who ever came on as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was looking at it the other day. I think like first or second. Okay. Awesome. I'm an OG. Look at, <laughs> Look at us now. Look at us now. Look at us. I'm not sure we have the show for that, but we're glad that you're back here. Yeah, um, it's good to be back. It's fun to bring you on though, because I think um, I know you, we talked about this on the last podcast, but I know you so much through the CrossFit space. So it's like, you know, my my EC epoch was like seminars and seminar mm-hmm. iterations and things like that. And you've just gone on to do so many things like touch more things like you're here and there and so it's very fun to watch you so it's fun to bring you back on here usually and catch back up and talk about like what you've been up to because mm-hmm. i think like at Lisa's point everybody knows you as the the purveyor or the perpetrator probably of the 800 gram challenge because it takes over all of our lives every january i'm like okay back to 800 grams because that seems to work but mm-hmm. um so what's new in EC's life? What are you up to? I know I get to see you next weekend at the Health Summit, so that's exciting. But yeah. what else is going on? What is going on? Um, uh, I think I'm kind of doing some of the same stuff. I mean, I'm my main, you know, people know me as the 800 gram challenge, but really my message is my 10 principles of nutrition, which I teach through my master class. So yeah. I have cohorts go through that every year. And then I also actually have cohorts of coaches, which I guess is a little bit more new. I started that last year. And so it's people who want to teach people nutrition like I do. They kind of come through and they can become a three pillars method affiliate coach, Um, Mm kind of like a CrossFit model in the sense of, you know, they become an affiliate and they can use the names and stuff like that. And so that's been cool to kind of see. um, I think right now I'm a little over 30 affiliated coaches. So it's been kind of cool to see, you know, people who are interested in teaching nutrition the way I do. And so it's not just mm-hmm. me teaching clients, but then it's me teaching coaches. Um, yeah. How to use this method. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think the last time you were on, that was kind of like a, what was like a secret that was coming. You were mm. not really, wasn't really <laughs> out yet, but you, you had mentioned that you were working on it. So I, so what does that look like for them then? So they basically mm. go through the same principles or, or guess walk everybody through that one. Yeah. Yeah. They just come through the masterclass, which, you know, uh, CrossFit influenced, of course, a lot of uh, how I think about nutrition and how I teach and stuff like that in the sense that 
when somebody goes through their level one for CrossFit, it's so important that they actually do the movements and they actually do a workout. You know, you can't expect to go on to teach something that you haven't done yourself. And so, you know, I think for me, I, I had some people who were interested in being coaches, but they were sort of a little reticent to take the class because they were sort of, well, I know, I know this stuff. And to me, it was like, no, 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 no. If you want to teach this, you have to go through it. Um, but I do think it helps to have this coach's version because then we can talk talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the coaching issues that come up and stuff like that. So ultimately, they go through my master class just as the individuals do. But then our discussions are a little bit more focused on, okay, well, what are those, some of the problems that clients have and how do you resolve that? And what do nutrition programs look like and how to kind of progress people through this and all of that stuff. But again, front and center for them is to experience um, the process as a student because I think mm. that's their best teacher. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the, the, well, that's essentially leads into why you were the one I wanted to bring on the podcast to talk about this okay. thing, not necessarily about nutrition, but... Um, your approach nutrition, in my opinion, maybe again, I'm biased, is is very, it's novel. It's different than most people, right? In that um, you and I have talked about this on a couple of different occasions in that um, most of the people probably already know what to eat or how to eat or what's what's a good choice of food. The better question is, you know, why don't you choose to eat it? And I think you and I have always kind of aligned on that and that that's always been my foundational belief of really where coaching comes in, right? Which mm -hmm. is like the, uh, the intervention, so to speak, as opposed to the education side of things. And, and I think, you know, that was in my opinion, and this is purely my opinion. I don't know if that was the case, but with the 800 gram challenge, I think was the perfect sort of simple minimum effective dose to provoke or create awareness to people to be mm -hmm. like, Oh, it's really that simple and I don't want to do it. Right. Like, you know, cause there's, there's really nothing difficult about like just find 800 grams of food, real food and eat it in a day and then do that every single day. And we're done here. The question is then what happens when you find something that simple? And I think that that was always very intriguing to me about your approach with it. I don't know if that was your intention when you first did it, but I think mm -hmm. it was because you obviously are the coach's coach. So I know you to know that from that angle, but so many people I think had that epiphany from it, which was like, Oh, if it's that simple, why am I still so aversive to making simple, better decisions? If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's kind of two issues there. I mean, I think one is understanding the physiological need of nutrition and, you know, what are we getting from nutrients and calories and all of that stuff? And then there's the second issue, which is not as easy to change, and that's behavior change, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of the 800 gram challenge, I certainly was interested in minimum effective dose. <clears throat> and again, some of that is from CrossFit. It's like, what's the least amount of work to do here to get the outcomes we want? And mm -hmm. again, so from a little bit of experience of, of nutrition too, of all of these rules that just don't hold up in the long term. So right. that certainly shaped shaped uh, how I go about the Instagram challenge. And of course, though, that is my first step. I do have this three pillars method where there's other two steps we have to look at. So if the Instagram challenge doesn't get you there, we move on to the other ones, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, nothing, there is no panacea or quick fix for behavior change. I think the 800 gram challenge does a better job than many diets because it 
it has so much flexibility and it doesn't restrict and it, it flips the script on dieting and all of those things. I think that's great. But I cannot, in fact, with any rule structure out there, actually go to the grocery store and buy oranges for you. Like at some point you have to put the right foot in front of the other and, you know, go and make the habit change. And so, you know, once you crack the code on how to force people to do something that they know they should do that do not do, you will have more money than Jeff Bezos. I mean, like that's... <laughs> That's like that's the ultimate hack is behavior change. And so, yeah, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I, I tried to build some of that into the 800 gram challenge, but there is nobody who can actually, you know, eat food for you, can, you know, go buy food for you and, and do all of that stuff for you. There is some point at which you have to want to do the behavior change. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think we could have sent them all yams. Mm, I mean, that, that would have helped. That would have definitely. He sees yams. Um, yeah. I no, and I, I think uh, yams aside, there's that's what has uh, is, is always intrigued me about your approach to nutrition, right? Uh, is not so much nutrition. It's it's how I know you've approached most things in terms of I've watched you in enough seminars and enough presentations and enough other things to know that EC essentially sees people for behavior much mm. as much as you see them for um, your need to teach them or otherwise. And so you're you're effectively one of the one of the core people in my experience who helped me with the epiphany of like what real coaching looks like, mm. right? Cause it, it was, um, and I don't even know if I've ever really even said that to you, but surprise, there it yeah, is. Thank but you. Uh, it's a, you know, I think it's so easy to get caught up in this notion of, and this happens on the business side just as much as it does on nutrition. And that's basically why I dragged you in here. Cause like everybody just like in nutrition and business loves to just get overcomplicated with mm. what to do. And then they don't even look at like what they're actually doing or, or how the, this pursuit of what to do gets in the way of doing anything. And so that's why, you know, it's, it's fun to bring this. We always bring it back to nutrition for that reason. Cause every single, we only work with affiliate owners for the most part, but every affiliate owner has dealt with people being like, you already know chicken, broccoli, and water mm. is the answer. Why are you coming to me with this new thing, right? Like, do we really need to do a new thing that you saw on TikTok? Like, is it, you know, maybe we just figure out what are your goals? What are you trying to get to? Okay, now show me what you're doing and let's change that behavior. Mm -hmm. And and through, you know, watching you do that and then watching you put together and create the, you know, essentially optimized nutrition and, and put that whole thing together, it was fun to watch because you never really led with, like most people do, I have the macro secrets and in, in mm. these micronutrient complexes and, and whatever the new theme of the day was, it was always centered around like, no, it's really, it's pretty simple, right? Mm. It's, you know, it's meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch type of thing. And like, well, what are you doing? Like, where do you want to get to? Right. Mm. And that was effectively, everybody brought their own idea to it of where they want to get to. And then great. Well, here's the method, you know, eat 800 grams. And everybody's like, you know, anybody that I know of that, that goes into it with some degree of they're like, it can't possibly be that easy. And then what's fun for someone like me, who is also on the coaching side is how we respond to anything says more about us than the thing that we're responding to. So I'm like, well, interesting. Tell me why you're so resistant to this idea that just 800 grams of yams might actually be the solution to your problem. It's got to be more difficult. And why do we need to do that? And, and I think what you put together or what you uh, provided through that platform. Sure, you, you you can't necessarily change their behavior and go buy the food for them, but awareness precedes action. We say that all the time. And 
But dude, you did it so well with with nutrition that it's it's fun to listen to and watch the content that you create around it. Because I think for me, the peaceful part of of EC's approach to nutrition has always been like, that's cool. If you want to eat that, fine yeah. with that. Why? They're like, uh, yeah. I mean, there might be something. Um, this is going to seem really unrelated, but we'll see if it ties in. One of my friends, when she's talking about parenting. She talks about that you have to be vanilla to everything that when the kid is like, oh, my God, I want to do this crazy thing. And you don't want them to do that. It's way better to be like, all right, well, see what happens versus no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And I kind of find a little bit of the same with nutrition that, you know, trying to convince somebody to do it your way. I mean, I don't know. I think you'd be more effective talking to a brick wall. It's just here's some ideas. When you're ready, I'm here. And sometimes it's actually good for the client or the individual to get their idea out. Like if they're really stoked on the 30 day shake diet, I'd kind of rather you go through that and run the head into the wall and realize that's not sustainable such that then you are more interested in listening to what I have to say. Um, You know, you, that's some of getting to the behavior changes. The person has to want to do it. If they're so stuck on their ideas, or if you're convincing them that this is the better way, no, 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 don't do it. Do it my way. They're probably not really ready. Right. And so we won't get that behavior change when they're frustrated enough with what they've done and all of that stuff. Then they're probably like, okay, I'll give this lady a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the vanilla and some of the simplicity, I don't want to say it. It's not like I come in there and like, Oh, I'm going to market this and I'm going to be really vanilla, but it's just like, yeah, when you're ready, I'm here because that yeah. is the truth. <laughs> yeah. I think as humans too, we really like to overcomplicate just to circle mm. to what Tony was saying. We like to, layer on complexity of things because that allows us to abdicate responsibility about why it didn't work. So it's not about me not working. It was, well, he's, you know, XYZ program had all of these things and I spent all day doing these things and I didn't have time for it. It, That didn't work for me or that didn't fit my lifestyle. So we want things to be big and complicated. So it gives us an opportunity to go, that didn't work, not Hmm. I didn't work it. Interesting. I think there's some of that for sure. I I read um, recently, and I actually, I think it's on today's podcast for me, but there's this guy named Alan Aragon in the nutrition space who's quite good. And I really enjoy following him and learning from him. And he has, has this book, Flexible Dieting. Mm-hmm. And it's a very small section in the book, but he talks about self-determination theory, which I think is one of those things that we probably learned at some lesson in some degree, and then you know kind of put it to the side and not really use it again. But it was really interesting reading it and reflecting about how I teach nutrition and how self-determination theory is based on these three principles, which dictates motivation. And so of course, motivation is quite interesting when we're talking about nutrition. And so these three aspects are competency, relatedness, and then autonomy. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what I found, believe me, Lisa, I'm coming back around to your point. <laughs> Sometimes I start off to the left time. and then I, I circle I'm, on I'm back. I'm used to Tony, EC. It's fine. I'm used okay. to Tony. Easy. Turn your microphone back down. Um, I, I think in the beginning, we, we seek out a lot of these rules because we actually don't have the competency yet. It's a field that we don't have the knowledge about. And so the rule structure provides us, oh, okay, this is what I have to do. Yes and no, I have this really simple decision-making tree. It's gonna tell me exactly what I need to do in all of the moments of all of the times of all of my meals. After about three weeks of that, we realize life doesn't work that way. And so we need to move past this rule structure into ultimately a place of autonomy where I can 
be at the airport and understand what I need to do and also be, you know, on Christmas day and know what's appropriate and all of the other situations in between. And I think, I think that's really how I approach nutrition and why my masterclass is the way that it is. It's like we go through this period of time together that I help them develop the competency to ultimately get to this place of autonomy. So I hear you on the idea of, okay, these are all the ways the diet failed me. But I think people ironically ultimately want freedom. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, they don't know enough to have freedom. So we latch onto all of these rules and they're like, it doesn't work. You know, and it's like, okay, but yeah, we need to now move past that and understand like how to put those rules into a more flexible paradigm, if that makes sense. And I think yeah. some of it, I know that like Tony and I have had a conversation probably numerous times talking about, you know, my struggles with nutrition at different times. And it comes down to like, I was over, you know, looking for those rules and structure because there was a lack of belief in my own ability to mm. follow through. Yeah. So if if I have the rules and structure, then here are my bumpers, like I can't miss. I can't miss the lane. Whereas when they're taken away, it's like, I know I'm an asshole. I'm going to go to the cupboard and I'm just going to eat anything in it and I'm going to tell on. you that I didn't. So it's it comes back down to that, you know, we talk a lot in Fitfiliate about the coach's role is to transfer belief to the client that they can mm. actually do that, mm-hmm. which is probably, you know, an important step that you will cover in your masterclass but as humans we kind of don't think well I've failed so many times why am I not going to fail at this one if it's if I'm left to my own devices I'm a three-year-old in the pantry like it's just not going to work mm-hmm. yeah yeah and there is some things too that I think are better I, I mean like I'm a masterclass but I think some things are better handled outside of the masterclass because sometimes there's influences on our eating behavior which I can't fix with the 800 gram challenge I mean I wish I could right <laughs> But like sometimes it's better to figure out why is my stress response eating? Because Mm -hmm. now let's figure out our behavior around stress before we worry about tracking calories or whatever EC wants us to do, eat more Mm -hmm. fruits and veggies, right? So sometimes I do find as well that there can be issues that that people might think are nutrition related, but we'll actually have more success with nutrition when we first handle that other thing in the way. And so to kind of think about that too, that nutrition isn't always the um, the answer. I sometimes wish it was, but I don't think it always is. <laughs> I mean, it's the base of the pyramids, right? So it's got to be, it's got to be the end of the th- I use this example too with like sleep. Like I actually just had this with one of my coaches. They were asking about the effect of sleep on body composition. And it's more so the fact that with lack of sleep, we are then... Um, it's harder to make better food choices because we tend to be more hungry, even in the, in the presence of the same number of calories. We tend not to want to work out because we're tired or we don't work out as hard. And so this ultimately affects our caloric balance. And so, yes, we could tell the person, oh, just eat less calories that day. But really, the answer should be, let's fix our sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. And so sometimes redirecting it to focus on something that matters more versus, you know, the log or the nutrition thing is actually the best answer. Well, I think that's a secret of, you know, effectively what is actual coaching versus training mm-hmm. we talk about this a lot in here but um you know because i think that part and parcel one of the big problems that affects the whole industry is this the lack of clarity between where training starts and stops and where coaching begins and, and takes over or vice versa mm-hmm. because i think that they're ultimately similar and related and they can kind of coexist in the same you know space but the the practice is a little bit different and that i i believe that coaching is more heavily grounded in observation, observation and understanding where it's, it's less about education and and dictation. And it's more about, you know, kind of getting an idea of where you want to get to and then watching what you do. And, and one of the reasons that's, you know, why 
I think the nutrition, like to your point, I, I wish the nutrition was the answer because it'd be a lot easier, but you know, it's the same thing you see with business, right? People want to, they want to always be fixing something. And so they tend to try to fix something that they can point at, mm. um, you know, and you see this with you know, nutrition becomes a big fascination on the fitness side. And then obviously I get everybody on the business side, but really the, the common thread in all of them is, uh, wherever you go, there you are, right? Like, and so it becomes this behavior-based conversation, whether it's sleep, whether it's nutrition, whether it's physical activity or lack thereof, you know, is it, whether it's, you know, what you're doing in your business. And, and that's why if you're, if people are listening to this, are probably like, why are they bringing ECM to talk about nutrition on the business podcast again? But the reality is, is that because nutrition is one of the, it's just like money, right? I could bring on, mm. you know, have people on to talk about money, but money is just another method and medium of, of essentially behavior. Mm. And like, I don't think any human inherently that I'm aware of ever wants to be unhealthy or overweight or any, or suboptimal in any category, but we also know that humans be doing human things. And so when left to our own behaviors, well, we don't always make the best, most well-informed choices, not because, you know, we want to do something bad to ourselves, but to Lisa's point in the, in the journey of, of, the success of whatever it is, whether it be business or money or nutrition or, you know, even something like sleep, like we like to put things in the way of the actual action where it's like, let me, let me point at something. Let me, you know, I, it's not that I don't, I'm bad at this. I just don't know what to do. So let me go mm. learn something new. So then it's safer. Cause now it's about something outward that is not my fault. And as opposed to like, once you do enough things though, right. You end up in that, you know, that valley of despair where you're like, uh-oh, I'm the constant in every one of these problems that keeps coming up. So, you know, and I think my circle back to this is that it does really matter when people get to you or how they get right. to you, right, is in the coach's journey, right? So like, by the time a client, for whatever reason, they can be money, nutrition, business, like the life cycle that they're in certainly dictates the journey that you'll take them on or where you'll meet them at, right? Because like, you know, in, in like the... The five phases, if 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 we met everybody at un, uninformed optimism, which is like phase one of pretty much every idea, right? All they want is an answer, right? They just want, give me, tell me I can eat steak and I'll, I will go eat steak for every meal. And like carnivore is going to be the answer, right? Like in business, it's like, just give me the stuff to do so that mm -hmm. I can be successful and I'll go do it. And then, you know, eventually they, they get to the second phase, which is that informed pessimism where they're like, I've tried things. They're not really working, but I'll try something else because probably not me. I just must not know the answer yet. And like, that's when I think most people get to a coach, which is like, I've tried everything. Mm. Nothing seems to be working. Can you, hopefully they're like, can you watch what I'm doing? And then that's when we, as a coach, you can kind of move people into that, that fourth phase, which is that informed optimism. and then five being success, but like, I think nutrition becomes a relative point of frustration for everybody that listens to this because they're affiliate owners and everybody mm. struggles with nutrition inside the gym, right? Like there's just, despite the fact that it's the base of the pyramid, everybody seems, it's always been the joke for me. Everybody skips nutrition and starts with Metcon and they're like, yeah, I'm really good at burpees. And then eventually what happens? We all end up being like, okay, I'm doing CrossFit five days a week. And I think I might actually be gaining weight now going back to nutrition. And so and then they, they're like, what do I teach them? Hmm. Well, you just observe them. 
Well, yes, yes. I do think there are some realities about nutrition that are different than so many things in life. I think it's very similar to wanting to be a successful um, business owner. But I think something different between nutrition and let's say working out is you can, in fact, limit fitness to an hour a day or less and see results. Yeah. Nutrition is not that compartmentalized. I'm trying. I'm trying the nutrition. (laughs) Nutrition is not that compartmentalized compartmentalized even if you yourself want to only eat once a day or pick one of these you know warrior diet type things it's not limited that way by way of social events in our modern food environment and so i do Mm -hmm. think we have to understand that nutrition is a different beast than a lot of other things i think there are some things in life you can outsource i always use the example of taxes because my my accountant must let's be like how does this woman have a business? I still am like what's a deductible? You know like I don't know like here are my documents. Tell me what I owe, and it's done. Like I can literally outsource that and be done. Right? Nutrition is not that way in our lives. It's so pervasive. We have to do it. We have to have nutrition in our lives to survive. It's around us all the time. It's part of culture. It's part of society. So I do think there is a little, I need, I don't want to say needs, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I think there needs to be a little bit of understanding that this is a different beast than let's say even working out. And I'm not saying working out is easy, but somebody can see results on one hour a day, which is entirely different than a nutrition. And so that that does relate in my mind to business, as you said, because if you want to be successful in business, I can't outsource my own business. Right. <laughs> it's constant. Like you can't just tell me one thing to do and I'm off to the races. I have to every single day be in it and figuring it out and all that stuff. And so in that way, I do think there's some really nice parallels to nutrition because it's, if you want to be a successful business owner, it's as constant as nutrition. Yeah, it certainly is pervasive. And to your point too, about like nutrition being a different beast, like, I mean, there's definitely some marketing to apply itself in fitness, but man, the, the, the deck is stacked against yes. everybody in terms of nutrition and, and, and it's easy to be cognizant of that too, but I think ultimately, you know, it's kind of that old statement of obfuscation is the curse of the novice. Like the more mm-hmm. complicated we can keep things, the more confused we can keep them, the less they're going to make good decisions. And, and to your point, right? Like you, it would be great. I mean, I've been trying to just do the one meal a day, but this doesn't <laughs> seem to work for me, but it's fine. I'm going to keep it up anyway. So then I can eat more ice cream later. Um, and I'll save that for EC's next post, next, but a next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the, I think that for people trying to figure out what to do, you know, the first most important next step is to get to what, you know, where are they trying to get to? And then somebody's stepping in and understanding or helping them understand what it is that they are in fact not doing, whether it is business or money or, or nutrition, but nutrition is, is a bit more problematic in that it does take up all of your day, much the same as business does, but with a certain degree of simplicity becomes a, a much clearer, I guess, mirror back to the person. And I think that in and of itself is one of the big issues that you see with nutrition, right? Everybody wants mm. it to be more complicated because there's some safety in that, you know, that, that confusion, right? Like, Oh, it's not me. I was because marketing sold me this thing, or I didn't know what a carb was, or I didn't know what a protein was, but I've never met a human who doesn't know that, you know, meats and vegetables are probably, I mean, I guess now everybody's a little confused over whether I should be a vegan because it's going to end the world. But, you know, I think most people still understand that like, if, if it grew and no one else touched it and I eat it, it's probably better for me than if four or five other people touched it first. Right. And like I was what podcast I just listening to about this and nutrition is funny for me because it's easy to take for granted once you know it, right? Mm. Like it's like, you know, you walk in the grocery store and, you know, you just walk the perimeter and you're done in five minutes. And then some people are in there for two hours and they've been down every aisle. And like, 
I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about um, essentially food processing and, mm. and the scale of which food is processed, you know, from one to four. And I was like, do people really, you know, effectively buy spaghetti sauce and assume that it's the same as a tomato? And the mm. answer is, well, I guess maybe there are some people. So I guess my point in that is that people do think it is complicated for people and those people do need some education, right? Like they mm -hmm. do need to understand and like, but I don't think most people fall into that category, mm. I guess is my point. And I think that that's the beauty of coaching. Well, I agree. I mean, I don't know if I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the reason why I, I kind of paused there is for a while there, I, I said, a lot of that same stuff. I was like, I don't think people really need education. Um, I think it's action over education, what they need and coaching. And I, I agree in the sense of we do need to actually go into the kitchen and make better choices. The amount of crap information though there is online. And I, I believed a lot of the stuff I no longer believe. And so I have to be empathetic to the influence that that has. It's so easy to be like, oh, well, I know that to be true and this is the way, but there's so much crazy information online. And we can go to the carnivore guy as the example. I mean, if you go to um, Saladino's Instagram account, I think he's at least at 1.2 million followers. Do you know how yeah. many followers the USDA has? Eight, no. Like 80,000. Yeah. I'm been actually saying, impressed Yeah, I mean, I they've like been saying, I actually it. haven't checked in in a while, but last time I checked, it was 80,000. They've been saying the same consistent message since the 1970s. Their guidelines from the 1970s are quite good. Their first initial stab in the late 70s are quite good. They've been saying the same gosh darn thing and they have a fraction of the attention mm -hmm. that the liver king has or not liver king carnivore guy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I hear you that I think um, people kind of know, like they kind of know broccoli is better than French fries, but there is so much out there. That's this glut of stuff of like, well, no, I have to have my protein shake at this time. And no, 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 no. It has to be whey. It can't be casein and no collagen don't count it, but yes, count collagen. So even in the realm of like going to eat more foods, no, don't have that fruit. It has too much sugar, but yes, you can have berries and sweet potatoes are better than potatoes. All of this nonsense that um, I do think they're, they still need education. I get people that have read every book, listened to every mm -hmm. podcast, and it's still like re-educating against the crazy. Yeah. But I think, I think too, as well, a lot of the purveyors of that information if we talk, you know, almost going back to the complexity point, they want, and the, it's the same as business, like the marketing gurus, he will tell you, yeah. I've got the template to solve, to fix your gym and to, you know, turn you into a six-figure business. They make it so complicated that you always have to keep going back yeah. and mm -hmm. you always have to keep buying more and, and engaging more in their services. Yeah. Whereas you have stripped it all the way back and this is the art of coaching is like, it's actually very simple. Yeah. Even if you start with this one step, just, pack your day with 800 grams of fruit and veggies. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's what, what you're not going to charge me. <laughs> I, what do I need to keep coming back for? It's like that's the first step. But they layer in all of this stuff and they throw in the confusion because if people are confused, they're going to come to you for the answer and they need to keep buying more. That's they're going to be a repeat customer. That's true. So I think that's where some of that comes from. Yeah. It's a good marketing tactic to have the secret. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't yeah. to that yet. Yeah. I probably should. It's not <laughs> me trying to teach people how to do it without me is really not the best way to uh, get repeating clients. <laughs> well, I guess it takes you back again to the CrossFit roots, right? Which is like, you know, Greg's whole thing was give it away for free. And like right. that wasn't necessarily 
wasn't advisable from every single business person being like, you know, you should definitely make more money from all that stuff. And, and it's, it's interesting that you, you bring that up about, you know, the education thing. Cause mm. like Fit Philly was essentially built in the same way Optimize was in that, like genuinely believing in everybody, right? Like I think that they actually have the ability to solve. They know what to do to be successful. And fast forward a handful of years, we still genuinely, truly believe that much the same as you just said, we still believe action is the most important thing and the better you can, you can control that action, move it from distraction to attraction. Things are going to be much better, much faster, much sooner. But, you know, in full disclosure, I've probably never said it on here before. Like in hearing you say, I'm like, were you in the meeting that I just got out of them? Because the, the truth is, I'm like, to your point, they do need to know some things because yeah. there is so much misinformation out there. Cause we, you know, the, the truth I think is still the same. I think that the, you know, the red thread is that people do at their core really ultimately probably know what to do to be successful in many different modalities, whether it be nutrition or business, but marketing works for yeah. all the reasons that we know it does to make money, but also more so and more importantly in terms of its ability to the beginning of this conversation to affect an illicit behavior change like real marketing done real well will change complete cultures right like diamond rings we, everybody knows the De Beers story but like now everybody thinks you've got to put 20 percent of your income down on a diamond ring and like that's all literally just a marketing story right but like now you just grow up thinking that that's the thing and so i guess my point is that the answer is you're probably right. Like they do need information. And, and it's, it's interesting to hear you say that because it is, it's a, always a conversation on here. It's like, how do we, how do we, how do we give them what they need so that they stop being distracted with the, the, mm. the constant barrage of misinformation that is, we live in this immediate gratification society where like information, like we are ill-equipped to live in the information age, right? Like it's just coming at us and we don't have good filters as humans. And so people like yourself step up and like, I'm not entirely sure that you decided, you know what I need to do education. Cause that's going to be good for business. But I think, you know, it comes from like education cause it's help, right? Like mm. it's important to, to the process. And so comically it's like, well, yeah, probably could be better at marketing if I just hosed the secret and then sold it to them and, and did all those things. But I think people like yourself do have a service that they can provide by, you know, helping with the misinformation. I think you do a really good job of that. Uh, but it's, it's funny that we, I always believed, I thought that with the affiliate, we would be able to sidestep the information, but like you already have everything you need to be successful. Mm -hmm. Like the affiliate playbook and the toolkit is right there for you as an affiliate owner, just mm -hmm. use it. And they will go literally buy that information, <laughs> the same information that's available to them for free from somebody else because it's flashier their friend did it and it's like it's a head scratcher and so to some degree you can only address the behavior once they're aware of it and and that's a a topic of immense frustration around here for us sure well i mean i think i think the education helps them understand why they're making this decision and in fact i I had somewhat recently some one-on-one -on -one clients who I just picked up as one-on-ones and they did not go through my master class. And I actually kind of at the end was like, oh, I want them to go through the master class because that grounds their decisions moving forward. They have mm -hmm. that back information. And, um, and so I think that's what the education does. It helps them understand why they're making a decision and, and helps them kind of sort out, okay, well, this guru says this and this guru says this. 
why are you telling me this relative to this guru and this guru? Okay, I get it. So now that's why I'm making this choice. And so that's where I really see the education. And I, again, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I've, I've solved this thing, but I really like my masterclass. Granted, it's you had solved it. Everybody just follow her. She's got the answer. <laughs> uh, that's a stretch. But the masterclass is um, like 10 weeks long. And it's because we need the time to both learn the information and then you also enact the habits. And that's where the magic is. It's actually the magic of the two together. And I think it's the magic of the level one for CrossFit, right? It's not just learning the book, but it's going out there and getting coached in real time and also doing the workouts. It's it's putting the pen to paper and actually doing it with the education where I don't think either one is as powerful yeah. independently. And I guess you, you kind of see that too in, in the visceral experience that is the level two. It's kind of like the, mm -hmm. the embodiment exactly. of that exact mm -hmm. conversation where you watch. It's so fun to be in that room. Like, I think that's why I've taken that course like five times. It's so funny to be in there is to be like, watch it, but just be like, oh, I didn't do the, the doing part. I did the, the mm -hmm. learning part of it. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly what the level two is. And it's yeah. a, why, I, again, I'm not trying to be like, whatever, but this is why I set up my course this way. Like you need to do the doing but the education grounds you're doing. Yeah, it's um, it's effectively, spoiler, it's why we just launched or are launching the affiliate engineering part of it because it's oh, the cool. same thing, right? And nobody knows that. So delete that part Secret, of it, Lisa. Right. But, Cut that part out. Uh, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's not meant to give you tools. It's not meant to make you watch things, but basically to help you better ask better questions about the information that you're constantly receiving and, wow. you know, and helping them better understand like, hey, is this a good decision to make? And, this is the filter through which maybe I want to artfully, you know, pass this thing. And, but I think it is, it's something that I tried to avoid. I was like, Hey, they don't need that part of it. Like, mm. it's just, we can just watch what they do and coach. And then it's like, they do, they get into it. And you're like, okay, there's some common lessons that keep coming up here. So it's like, you know, and it's not about teaching them anything. It's about like, really, you're doing that thing too. Where do you guys keep learning? Where do, who taught, who's saying this? Mm -hmm. Right. And like, and you look around, you're like, Oh, lots of people because it's the telephone game. It just becomes an echo chamber of the same things. And it's, I think the, the parallels between nutrition and business obviously are, are fascinating to me, but you know, behavior, I think is the thing that fascinates me. And that's what drew me to coaching to begin with. Right. It was like, why do, why do three people experience the exact same thing and then get something completely different out of it? But most importantly, then go do three completely different things with that experience. Like it, it's always been interesting to me for that reason. And nutrition dragged me into it first, but like nutrition and effectively the behavior of nutrition is what really drew me into being like, Oh, I have to just address mm. the behavior business because they don't need to know more things. And mm. I think, uh, you know, the behavior part of it is fascinating, but to your point, yeah, they, there is definitely value in being like, Hey, here's, here's some, some uh better ways to think about things and i think that's that shouldn't be overlooked and i think it's important yeah for sure so what um what's the plan then for the so you're going to scale up the the coach's development thing or every time you're on here you're always like i don't know he's, he's <laughs> don't like know. the best person, business person for that reason she's like and it just keeps working um yeah i mean you know you say that but there's a lot of things that you try and don't always work. And so, you know, what's the phrase about entrepreneurship? Just fail fast, fail early, fail often, fail fast, that type of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I am trying to work on an app that ultimately would help me scale, um, scale my methods, scale my coaching, scale my coaching coaches. Um, so that 
is kind of the big thing this year. Um, I guess I don't really like to talk about it because I like to do things before talking yeah. too much, too much talk and all that stuff. But I think that's kind of the next step. Um, I feel like I've, I've tested my concepts in different ways on different existing platforms enough to know what works and, and how to kind of um, make this a bigger offering. And ultimately, I, I would like to be the program that, you know, when the when the person goes to see their cardiologist and the cardiologist says you need diet and exercise, that they hand them this app and they're off to the races. It could also work, though, at the gym level. The gym has the client who needs to work on nutrition. And I think that's something else that I wanted to mention when you were talking about the gym owners and nutrition is I feel I really feel for gym owners. I feel like gym owners opened a business to be fitness instructors. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I have to deal with nutrition. You know, they didn't. In taxes. <laughs> they didn't sign, yeah, in taxes. They didn't sign up for, and marketing and all of that stuff that comes with a business, but a true other specialty is sort of under the umbrella because when people go to a gym, it's yes, they want to get stronger and more fit, but oftentimes mm -hmm. it comes with a weight or a body composition goal. And there we are, we're back to nutrition. It's at the bottom of the pyramid for CrossFit, you know? And so I really feel for gym owners. It's like, oh my God, I didn't sign up to be a nutritionist or a nutrition coach. Yeah. And so I think there's a, there's a space and it's, um, you know, again, where I'd like to be is not just me coaching people, but also providing a service that can overlap with other businesses that need a nutrition component, but are not the nutrition experts. And so mm -hmm. the gym can be like, Hey, this is the program we use, go ahead and get started. And uh, doctors can be like, here's the program we use, go and get started. And so that's, that's where I sort of see it um, going. And, um, you know, apps are really easy to build and there's never any issues. So should be a week or two. Yeah, it's done, right? Simple. It's ready Do to go. Done. It's in the app yeah. already. It's ready to go. She just did it well when she was on this podcast. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah I, the reason I asked about the scale thing is I was mostly curious to what, to what extent or what availability people will be able to sign up and go through that process. Mm -hmm. I know that like there's got to be limitations to the amount of people you can bring into the coach development program, but um, I'm you know, one of your biggest fans. So I'm willingly and eagerly want to just funnel as many people to you as possible, but I don't want to do that at your own demise. So that was the reason. Oh I no, that. it's always going. I mean, right now that's, I guess something else is right now it's always been cohort based. Um, yeah. So people come through at certain start times. I, I might be playing it playing with this year of trying to just do evergreen on goal ongoing. And I think there's, Gosh, I think for the last four years of offering this masterclass, I sort of hemmed and hawed over this decision forever. Um, and I, I think I'm a little bit biased towards the cohort option. But at the end of the day, there's pros and cons of both. I mean, sometimes when you're ready to get started, you're ready to get started. And you just want to yeah. harness that and run with it, right? So, yeah. so I think this year, I'm going to play around a little bit with people can start at their own time. But no, I'm, I'm certainly not at my bandwidth Um in the sense of that. I mean, I, I am probably at my bandwidth of different projects to take on <laughs> and, and more content to produce. I'm certainly at that bandwidth. Oh my God. But um, in terms of the masterclass, yeah, no, I mean, the more coaches, the better, the more individuals, the better. And so, yeah, funnel on my way, Tony. <laughs> I love it. I mean, listen, there's, there's, like I guess there's a lot of people out there who do nutrition and I just, I, I only like things that I tend to believe in. And you're obviously one of the few people that I believe in in the nutrition. Not that anybody else is really out there. I don't think anybody in the nutrition space, well, that's not entirely true. Most Careful. people in nutrition space, <laughs> most people in nutrition space, I don't think are, are, are peddling disinformation knowing that like they're, they're doing so maliciously. I think that yeah. most of them really truly believe their own bullshit um, mm. for the most part, um, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately. But, you know, I know I, I've spent enough time with you to know that like, you get the principles that align with us. So that's the reason that I'm like, yeah, I send everybody to EC, but um, I just wasn't sure to the extent that 
you can do it. So if you guys are listening to this, don't don't go sign up first before I refer people. I'm just right. kidding. You guys can go. You can go go check or trace her, chase her down and, and get signed up for it. But um, yeah, I mean, you all, you definitely have no shortage of things going on. So there's always mm. I'm always like, what's EC doing now? What do you want to talk about? And then I always bring. And you're like, oh, I know, whatever, nothing, no big deal. And then. <laughs> Once you get into it, EC's like, well, technically speaking, I am at my bandwidth on everything. So, <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, the- I have no shortage of ideas, which I guess, I guess is a good thing. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I, I mean, continuing to try to um, hand stuff off, optimize stuff, figure out exactly where I'm going. I mean, I have to say, I feel like now I actually have a direction where there's been a couple tough years where I'm like, what is, where is this going? What, why? <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and so I do feel a little bit more like I have a direction and I have kind of a target, which is way, way, way better than the years of just sort of wondering. Um, so that's good. So that's good. Okay. So <laughs> I am, I am a little more hopeful, I guess. That's good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that you brought that up, though, about the affiliate owner, business owners, really, in general, not just affiliate owners, all gym mm-hmm. owners, where it's like they do just want to be physical trainers to some mm-hmm. degree. And then they're like, oh, I got to get into it. So and, and I don't think I realized that. So um, viscerally, again, I guess to use that word until I was started going to the summits for like the owners. And I was like, wow, you guys really have your heels dug in and like you don't want to talk about the nutrition thing but to me it always is like you know coaching is coaching and coaching like i can address your behavior whether it be you know at the the breakfast table the ball field or the boardroom to use tasha's you know ism because it's it's really just watch what you do and in relation to what you're intending to do but i think that that's it right like a lot of them a lot of people, we use the word coach in the industry so much, but very few of them are actually coaches and they want to just be trainers. And there's nothing really wrong with being a trainer, but trainers don't really want to sit down and get into the nutty, the nitty gritty, like observation, like, Hey, I see there's a problem here. And, you know, there's some degree of confrontation. So, you know, that whole big conversation aside, the fact that you are potentially putting together a solution that could alleviate that problem for them at a scale and at a level that I could believe in is exciting for me to know that that's well, that that was sort of the intent of the challenges, um, which I mm-hmm. guess at this point, it's like 1400 gyms I've done, which is pretty cool. But the challenges aren't a forever thing and nutrition is a forever thing. And so, right. okay, what's the system to do that? And, and as much as I love the platforms where I have used the challenges and it's been awesome, it's still not exactly mm-hmm. how I would deliver it and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think, Yes, of course, there's some things from coaching um, CrossFit that have helped me with coach nutrition, but it certainly is different. And, you know, you want to have, I don't want to, like, you want to have some subject matter expertise in the thing that you're coaching. And I just think it's unrealistic to think that a gym coach even necessarily wants to be nutrition. Nutrition's another, it's a bag of worms. <laughs> it's just like, it's all over the place. And there's lots of different issues that are unique to nutrition and have nothing to do with, with coaching. And so I think it's a little, I don't, I'm not trying to like put you on the spot or whatever, but I think it's a little naive to think it's like, Oh, you just want, it's a different business. It's a different business mm-hmm. model. Are you going to do one-on-ones? What are the price points? I think there's this idea that, Oh, I have a hundred gym members. So all 100 are going to sign up for nutrition. It's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. They, they signed up because they were coming to a gym. They didn't say they wanted to work on nutrition. Yes, yeah. it's probably a slightly more interested crowd than just walking down the street and passing their first hundred people. They're slightly a warmer audience than that. 
But the idea that, oh, I'm just going to get 50 clients a month to work on nutrition. It's like, well, then you haven't worked, you haven't worked in nutrition before. (laughs) And I think too, as well for the gym owners, it's sometimes they struggle with the confidence to start the conversation. Mm. And it's when then then the client, you know, might push back or, or they get into some of that uncomfortable stuff, which is where you get into the coaching. But they're like, oh, I don't like to pry into mm. somebody's issues. Or somebody goes, well, yeah, I eat, uh, you know, a litre of ice cream every night while I'm crying myself to sleep. And they're like, oh, let's go do some squats. Don't I bring me into that. this, Lisa. But that, that's what I mean. I mean, <laughs> and that's what I mean, though. That's like a whole nother set of time, yeah. resources, mm-hmm. bandwidth for the person who's like, I've got to train my coaches on what to look for in the squat mechanics. And I have to order the equipment and I have to deal mm. with sanitation and all these other things that all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, I could have a second business on this thing. And I didn't want it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, almost, you almost I didn't want this have gosh darn thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I feel for gym owners because ult- I think, and this is one of the things I've said about my challenges, but I think it's ultimately true of nutri- uh, nutrition is I think some of the nutrition services can be their best retention tools because if people see results, they will stay longer but it's not like this easy sell of just revenue, revenue, revenue. It's not like, oh, I'm going to make so much money on my nutrition. It's, oh, when they get nutrition, they end up staying longer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, to that point, it's 100%, you know, back to what you said about going out on the street versus being in the gym. I would actually challenge you and say it might actually be easier to sell nutrition on mm-hmm. the street to strangers than you could in the gym, mainly in that, you know, there has to be a certain degree of perception of solution to a problem in a lot of people, once they get in the gym, especially after a short period of time, to your point, like you can work out mm. an hour a day and see a benefit. And to mm-hmm. that point, they're just like, no, I'm good. You know, I'm, I've already lost my 10 pounds that I came in for. And so when you want to sit me down and talk about what you're going to, you're going to take away my satisfaction of my glass of wine or my ice cream once a week or whatever, it's like, you know, but on the street, if they have taken no agency over their life yet, you might actually, and and I think that's where a lot of the struggle too comes in from the gym owners when they do try to sell nutrition is they're like, they're met with what they assumed would be like this, it's the foundation of pyramid, everybody's in. And then everybody's like, actually, Ted, it sounds like you're telling me what I'm not going to be able to do for the next 30 days. And I want nothing to do with that. And mm-hmm. like that, I think it's so to your point about it being a separate business, like it almost ends up needing to be treated like one because the core customers aren't necessarily like we say this around here a lot like crossfitters are terrible customers mainly mm-hmm. because by the time you become a crossfitter like you're used to paying 150 a month which is great but like by the time you become a cross so many of your problems have been solved your ability to propose a solution to problems is much more minimal than somebody who is not yet a crossfitter and i can mm-hmm. quite literally change your life and that's worth way more money than how many classes a week can I do here for as little amount of money as possible? And you see this commoditization happen a lot, but I think that becomes a big part of the conversation with, with nutrition too, where it's mm. like, if, if you're treating it as like an add on part of your service as a part to the thing that they're already paying for, you know, you're, you're going to have a problem there, but it's not necessarily about the, the economics of nutrition so much as like, do they actually want to solve their own problems? Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I think it was one of these, um, the cross I did I did go to a CrossFit summit like a couple of mm-hmm. years ago. I forget, I think it was the Midwest or the one of the regions. And there was a woman I was talking about nutrition programs and stuff like that. And I basically said the same thing that I just told you. And she shared that her gym had been working to develop their nutrition program for the last three years and finally got it up to 25% of their revenue, which is which is actually good. But that's that's like 
the kind of rate of return that you're looking at. I think, again, people are like, oh, I'm just going to say I've got a new monthly packages and everyone's going to just sign up right away. It's like, no, it's a different business model. It's not yeah. the same clientele necessarily. So, yeah. And it's 24 hours a day, right? Like your, to your point about nutrition, like it's not just sell them a membership and service them for one hour a day for three to five days a week. It's selling them a much bigger membership because you will have to service them for many hours, many days out of the week. Yeah, how do you set it up? What's going What's going to be their checkpoints? How is that going to work? Is they like, I mean, you know, this is the other thing. How many gym owners, every gym owner you talk to that's been around the block once or twice, how many different on-ramps have they done? Right. Thousand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the never-ending story of how we on-ramp people, right? Now, I think some of that is we always just keep thinking there's some perfect program and there's never a perfect program. So there is some point at which, okay, this is going to be good enough and so fine, we're going to work with it. But it's the same sort of idea. I mean, like if you just think about how many times you've iterated on on-ramping new customers, now you're just going to go launch a nutrition program that's just going to work? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on, right? It's a whole different ballgame. So. With the same fervor that you've launched all those other on-ramps too. So it's it'll be fine. Just like the first 72 iterations, we're, we're fine. Uh, well, cool. So yeah, I mean, I think the first most important thing that everybody's listening to this, just go hound EC and sign up for her masterclass. And then you'll get signed up for whether you're an individual or a coach. But I'm excited that you you are taking on that many coaches in the coach's journey. That's uh, that's very cool. That's That makes me feel very good about the future of the environment. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you for the support. You're welcome. Um, and then I guess... Is there anything else that I can I, just follow you on Instagram or was there a better place That's to follow fun. you on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. The consistency project podcast is, Hey, Instagram is great, but um, if you want some okay. information, the podcast gives you a little more info. Don't go on it. Just leave Instagram, leave social media, just follow <laughs> my playbook and just and, leave it all together. It's not necessarily great for your business though. So don't do that. I, w I would also highly recommend jumping on your mailing list. EC. Oh, cool. Thank you. I'm on, on that one and you get heaps of great, like information, not just uh, bite-sized. And, you know, the Instagram is entertaining and informative, but uh, if you want that next level of information, definitely, even as your first step, jump onto the mailing list as well, and we'll put some links in the show notes. Um, and I'm sure, I have zero doubt, we will have you back on again, uh, maybe a little bit sooner than we did last time. I okay. know we promised it last time, but we had some growing to do and some learning and now we, now we think we know what we're doing. We haven't we learned anything. That's for yeah. sure. We're still just winging this podcast as we go. But we just get sometimes <laughs> we trick people like EC to come in here and hanging out with us. But Totally. Happy to. Thank you so much. I will. All uh, right, guys. We'll see you uh, on the next one. Deal. Later. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please remember to like and subscribe on your favorite platform. And if you know an affiliate owner, a coach or entrepreneur that would benefit from hearing our conversations, please share this with them. We love the feedback and support we have from you guys, our audience. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find all the useful links in the show notes. We would love to connect with you. Keep doing the great work.